Welcome to HopeNet Radio, connecting generations to save lives from destructive lifestyles and suicide. Suicide was definitely something that was on my mind a lot. I wanted the pain of life to just stop. My dad is kind of verbally abusive, and he's also a workaholic. When I was hanging around with a bad group, I got raped. I was angry with God for the longest time. A couple weeks ago, my cousin hung himself. I really need to get closer to God. I just slipped so far. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to HopeNet Radio, the show where conversations save lives. It's Jeff and DW with you tonight. We have some awesome guests in studio with us, and we'll start with you guys, you guys the listeners. Thank you guys for subscribing and being part of our podcast and our show. And uh, if you have a question or you have a thought to share with us anytime on the show, email us at hope at hopenet360.com or jump on Facebook and Twitter at hopenet360. That's where it's all at. And every single week we podcast this show. So after we're done tonight, make sure to go on iTunes or to our website and download the podcast, share it with your friends, all that stuff. So Jeff and DW, your host tonight, we have special guests in studio. We have Mike Ott. He's the youth pastor, student pastor over at Graceway Fellowship in Green Bay. And Jordan Wind is brand new to Green Bay, and uh, you're over at Heartland Church. Is that correct, Jordan? That is correct, Heartland and Howard. Awesome. So welcome, guys, to the show. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having us. Tonight, we're going to chat a little bit about this idea of conformity. One of the hardest things to maybe talk to students about today is how our lifestyle should look after we find Christ. Because one of the things that we know is when we find Christ, our life should change. But one of the things that we struggle with most is how do we fit in now with people that we used to hang out with? How do you approach maybe a student who has kind of, they're trying to figure out this whole new Christian walk thing. What do you, what do you recommend is like a first place to start? I'd always direct them back to the gospel of John yeah, and uh, just really listen to what Jesus says about who he is and who he says that they are. And then we see that Jesus is actively pursuing us in the book of John, especially. Yeah. So Romans 12, two is kind of this theme verse, and you guys have probably read this. I'm assuming you guys have done studies on Romans, kind of like I have. But Romans 12, two says, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So what do you guys think that means when we, when we say the word conform or conformity? What does that mean in our culture? What does it mean uh, to you guys when, when you hear that word conform? I think it's giving yourself over into something. Uh, you're giving yourself maybe, for the most part, 100% into something. Thinking, you know, when you conform to something, you commit to something. Uh, you don't both feed in uh, normally. Uh, in my case, uh, if I conform to a lifestyle, uh, I think of working out a lot of times. When I work out, I conform to it. That means I need to give up some other things like chocolate donuts. Uh, They don't help my uh, workout. Then I also have to beat my body, so to speak, and work out and continually rip my muscles and let them rebuild themselves. And so in a way, for me, just looking at uh, a different example uh, would be that that of working out. I have to give up some things and as well uh, gain some hurt maybe in the process. But in the long run, it works out for me. And I love working out. So cool. You know, I th- I think what we, what listeners are probably saying is, why in the world should anybody care whether they conform with you know this group or that group or or I just want to live my life and and be happy. I want to live my life and 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 let everybody else be whoever they are, and, and it's all cool. Uh, why do we even care about whether people conform or not to Christ or to 
someone at school or to, or to the, the world in which they live, what significance does it really have in their life? I mean, they're thinking, you know, I, I know all the conform words and I know what Romans 12 says, but why do I care? I mean, why should I care? Just off the top of my head, I think it's within our nature to conform to something. You know, we're, we're relational beings. So there's always this natural tendency to adapt beliefs or behaviors or uh, even styles. You know, look at clothing styles today. Right. Um, you see something on TV and you're like, oh, my goodness, that looks so cute. You know, that looks so, you know, awesome. Like, I want to uh, – for me, I don't want to get cute clothes. I want to get, you know, like – I'm glad. You know, some, something that's, like, in style. And we – so we conform to – the ways that we just that we see around us. So you'll go to say like the East Coast, and you'll see you'll you know whether people talk differently in the East Coast or it's their style of clothing. You go somewhere down south, it's different there. People talk differently, they live differently, they drive different cars, they have different kinds of houses. You know, there's so we naturally adapt to our environment around us. That's just yeah. that's kind of who we are as humans. So it, it only makes sense that we're we're all gonna adapt patterns that are around us. And we're always looking, I guess in, when it comes to teens, Dave, we're looking for identity. We're trying to figure out who we are. Yeah. And oftentimes we look at who we are. We try to figure out who we are based on those around us. Even more than that, I think, Jeff, is I, what I would love to do is have, have those that are listening to understand something. You were made to conform. You were made to follow. When God even speaks about us in the Bible, he speaks of us as sheep. And if you know anything about sheep, I used to think they were really dumb, but they're not. What they are is they have this insatiable appetite to follow. And they will follow each other. They will follow each other onto an assembly line where they're getting slaughtered. They will follow each other over a cliff. They will follow. In fact, what the shepherd has to continually do is go out and make sure that the lead sheep is doing what they should do because they follow. And and we were made to follow. That's how we were made. And Satan knows that. God knows it because he made us. And our whole life, I think, is is a battle with who we follow. Because we always will follow. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm 58 years old, and you say, well, you're, you, know, you don't have peers anymore. It's only a problem for teenagers. You know, not true. Look at how much Satan works. Look at how much the world works on just trying to get me to conform to uh, uh, drinking certain products, eating certain products, thinking certain ways, you know, to their benefit, not to mine. And, and what's very interesting about it is I think if we understood the importance of this following thing, then we would understand why we have to be very careful who or what we're following, because who we're following or what we're following will determine a lot about our life. And um, so it goes back to, I think, understanding how we were created. I really firmly believe when I teach leadership, you know, all over the country, I go to teach some leadership wherever. The very first point that I point out is that a good leader is a good follower because they need to understand this point. And, and so that's what I think. Those that are miserable that are listening to us tonight, if you are really miserable, first of all, you need to go to HopeNet360 and talk to a live coach there. We invite you to do that. But secondly, you need to understand that misery is like the fruit of following the wrong way. And, and, and so what you need to do is start looking for another way and looking for a way not just that placates or, or temporarily takes care of things, but looking for the way God made you to be. And you were made to follow him. So Satan is trying to get in there and get you to follow him or somebody else or or, uh, you know, Justin Bieber or somebody else like that. But, but you need to follow uh, and make a decision to overtly follow God. Does that make sense, Jeff, or am I getting too deep here? It makes sense to me. What do you guys think? What are your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. I think uh, that answers the deep question as to why this matters to our listeners today is that 
whatever we conform to, it takes us on a path. And the end of that road, you should look to see where you're going. See, do you want to become what it's taking you to become? And you will conform. I mean, those those guys, I remember growing up thinking, you know, all of a sudden everybody's wearing a certain style jean because they didn't want to conform. I'm thinking, what? You're all doing it. (laughs) How does that mean it's not conforming anymore? It's like you're all conforming to whoever you're conforming to. We are followers. We have to admit that. And I, and I know that if you choose to follow God the way you were meant to be, the fruit of that is going to be different than despair, anger, uh, desperation. I mean, that, the fruit of following God is, is, is joy, peace, etc. cetera. And, and that's what we want to be able to pass on to our listeners. We can't really help somebody with this idea of conformity until they realize that they are conformers and they're just choosing who or what they're conforming to. And then we have a discussion that we can have to really help. And so if you're listening tonight or you're listening on a podcast, I invite you to evaluate. There's something in your life that drives you. It could be just you wanting, you know, like Esau, wanting to be real comfortable, whatever. It could be money. It could be uh, power. It could be comfort. It could be... Oprah, you know, I, I don't know who you're following, but, but I guarantee you're following. And uh, I guess we're going to beg you uh, to follow God the way you were meant to in this show. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny. They like to think of just some examples of, you know, things that I've conformed to over the years. And it's really silly. The question tonight, it really isn't, do you conform? Because in reality, we've all conformed to something. You know, we've, we've adopted whether styles of dialect, uh, we've adopted ways of, of doing things, we've adopted styles of clothing, whatever. I mean, there are so many little little things that we have just picked up that just kind of become who we are. So tonight we're going to continue this conversation a little bit more in depth and ask some bigger questions on the show as it pertains to some of the spiritual things that are going on in the world around us that also impact uh, how we act and how we live our lives and also the kinds of people that we should hang around with uh, now that we are a Christian. So keep it locked in here tonight on the show. Remember, you can always chat with a live coach at HopeNet360.com if you're going through something or you're struggling tonight. You're not alone. There is hope, and we hope that you would just connect with a coach tonight. We're going to take a break here on the show. We'll be back with more on HopeNet Radio. Are you hurting, stressed out, need somebody to talk to? Chat with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at hopenet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to the show, the show where conversations save lives. It's HopeNet Radio with Jeff and DW. Our special guest tonight, Michael Ott, youth pastor at Graceway Fellowship in Green Bay, and Jordan Wind from Heartland Church, and we're glad that you guys are a part of the show with us tonight. Remember, you can always connect. Email us at hope at hopenet360.com, or jump on our HopeNet360 page on Facebook or on Twitter. Tweet at us. Let us know what your thoughts are tonight as you're listening to the show. And if you would like to hear some new topics or other things that we have ideas or thoughts on, you can send us those ideas as well. We'd love to talk about stuff that matters to teens, young adults, and parents. So uh, anytime you need to let us know how you think or feel on it, we'd love to hear from you. So tonight, we've been chatting about conformity and, guys, ways that we conform to the world around us. We're naturally going to conform to the people or the environment around us. It's just within our nature. When I was in eighth grade, I wore paisley Bell bottoms. Yeah, man. They were cool. I could see that. Yeah. I, I looked at some pictures and I thought, are you kidding me? What a goofy <laughs> looking kid. You know, they were they were uh, tight on the thighs and they went to these huge bell bottoms. And then, uh, you know, they were kind of orange and blue. And then you wear this bright blue shirt to go with it, man. And I thought I was one really cool dude. 
And yep. Now I look at it many years later. Um, and I would encourage young people to think that many years later, you're going to look at some of the pictures you just took and think, no kidding, um, <laughs> because that's what I do now. And back then I looked at it and thought, I look like everyone now, man. I am the coolest guy in the block with everybody else. I walk in and I look like everybody else. And, and uh, you know, it never made me a part of everybody else. I just thought I was at that point because of clothes. And it didn't work. But it sure looks goofy now when I look at it. I can think of two off the top of my head. Number one, bowl cut. <laughs> and number two, the Jinko jean fad. Oh, yeah. I think oh, yeah. I tried to block out the bowl cut from memory and <laughs> repressed it. <laughs> <laughs> did you have one too? I think I did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think every every nine year old kid did when you were my age. But anyway, <laughs> I don't know. Those are just two that I, I other guys had bowl cuts, so it was kind of you just had a bowl cut. So now I look back and I get people are like, "Dude, you had a bowl cut." And I'm like, "Shut up." I think I got yeah. one. Uh, going to school at Trinity International University, I think we all joked about us in the youth ministry program all wearing flannel and. Looking like the typical hipster youth pastor. <laughs> yes. Well, you and I, we went to a Blizzard game not too long ago. And uh, before you got there, I was hanging out with another youth pastor. And, and uh, we were kind of looking. It was faith night. And we're like, we can tell where the youth pastors are. They all got their you know, hipster flannel and like the skinny <laughs> jeans and, and this whole style. And you come walking in with the flannel shirt. It was so great. <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> uh, anyway, it's so funny. The things that we'll do, the lengths we'll go just to fit in or, or blend in with a certain style or a trend. One thing that moves us to do that is we all kind of have this inner fear of rejection. You guys find that to be true? Yeah. Why do you, totally. Why do you think we care so much about being rejected or accepted? I think there's that inner feeling of wanting to belong. Mm. Uh, and uh, if everyone else around us is doing it, well, we want to do it because we want to belong. When you think about it, we're, we're trying to belong by adjusting something on the exterior, and we're, we're always consumed with, with that, and the interior of us is a wreck because we're hoping it works and mm-hmm. that people don't really see who we really are. You know, and, and, the, and the Bible's so opposite of that. The Bible tells me, you know what, here's who you really are, Dave. You're a sinful person, and, and I love you anyway, and we got an answer for that. So when I, when I can say that I'm a sinful person, and that I do fail, and I understand God's love for me, all of a sudden I can relax because it's the inside that I need to start conforming to the image of God, and not the outside. I don't have to put on a show anymore. Mm-hmm. And to not have to put on a show, oh my goodness. You know what? If you're putting on a show, you're always afraid that somebody's going to see behind the scenes. You're mm-hmm. always afraid of that. And so you don't live well. And uh, what's really cool, I-, I talked to a cop once, I mean a policeman once, and, and when I was talking to him, he he, uh, he was, I was saying, man, how do you know when someone's telling you the truth? You know, and he, he basically said, well, we ask them the same question several times. And, and usually when they're lying, they can't remember the exact answer. Yep. Uh, so it changes a little bit. Uh-huh. And, uh, and if they're not lying, you know, they give you like the exact answer every time. And it's not like right in a row. They'll ask you an hour later, an hour later. Yep. You know, and, and he said, honestly, if a guy says the same thing exactly over and over again, most of the time they're telling the truth because they can remember the truth. But the lies, they have a hard time remembering all the details of what they said. And so, you know, they just take down the details. There, there's something about wanting to make a certain appeal to people on the outside while the whole inside is a wreck. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jeff, you've known people, I am sure, and heard of people who have committed suicide, and their lives seemed pretty well put together on the outside. But the insides were a wreck. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we're talking about here. It's, it's like I need to conform to all this stuff on the outside, but I'm so afraid that someone will know on the inside I'm a wreck. And, and that's exactly the opposite of how we should be. We should be able to talk about what's going on on the inside 
And again, I invite our people, go to hopenet360.com, talk to a live coach there. Because if something's going on, you need to talk about it. Um, I don't know how many young people have come to me through the years, and, and they've, they've poured their heart out about something they thought was just going to make me hate them. And I go, yeah, man, that's, that's something. And they go, you mean you help me with it? Well, yeah, I'm not surprised you're sinning. We know everyone's a sinner. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that uh, we need to, if we're going to be those who understand how to conform to God, we need to start realizing that we need to be real people and, and begin to conform in a way that our inside and outside is the same. Yep. Tonight, it, it can seem overwhelming when you start to look at all the ways that we conform to the world around us. And again, Romans twelve two is that verse that talks about not conforming to this world, but being transformed by the renewing of our mind. And so I want to unpack that part too later on in the show about how our mind is transformed and why that's so significant and why what Paul really meant by that, because I think it's just something we read over and we're like, oh yeah, that's really good. Don't conform to this world. I don't like this world anyway. I know it's supposed to be, you know, I know it's backwards from the way that God wants me to be. So I totally accept that. And there are others that are just, they're struggling to, you know, find, uh, just find their own identity. And I think that's kind of the tension that we're in tonight is there's just, you know, you don't want to, you don't want to not fit in. You want to have people around you that you can go to. And, and if you continue to to you know, stick out or uh, have different beliefs or something. Sometimes it's you just don't want to, you know, stick out that far and uh, and fear being rejected by your friends or even your mentors. And I think today, Dave, you talk about it a lot, but mentoring is a huge. There's a huge gap in mentoring when it comes to Christian men and women who will actually take up young people and share life with them and show them how to do things, how to live yeah. as as a believer. You know, I I think that people don't want to do it because they're afraid that they don't know how to teach a Bible study and they don't understand a mentor is actually just living yeah. in front of somebody. Yeah. and talking about how we follow Christ. Yeah, I think uh, one of the things I always tell teenagers is there's always somebody younger and younger in the faith than you are, and you can take them and teach them what you know. Uh, you're held accountable for what you do know, so no matter how much you know or how little you know, you can share that with those around you. And I think that's a big thing for somebody that's young in their faith. They learn something on Wednesday night Bible study or they learn something in church or they're listening to the show and something connects. And then they go out and they share it with one of their friends or uh, one of their siblings or something. And that's the way you mentor. or That's the way you disciple. So. Mm-hmm. And I think people are afraid, too, that they don't have it all together. It may not even be just leading a Bible study. It might just be that my house is a wreck. I have to clean it. I, I have all this stuff to do, and it's not perfect. You know, I don't have – if I just invite people over, I invite them into my life, they're going to realize that I'm not perfect. And they, they may even reject me because I'm not perfect, and they're looking for – you know, so we have these unrealistic expectations, yeah. which we talk about all the time, Dave. You, you know what, Jeff? I, here's what bugs me as an old guy. What I tell people then is get your life together so somebody can follow you. And I mean – it's not what you're using this as an excuse. My life isn't what it should be, so I don't want to mentor anybody. Well, if you're older and listening, let me give you some encouragement. Get it together so that <laughs> you can have somebody follow you and, and live and love God in public. All right, I'll get off my soapbox, but that, that's something we have to deal with. <laughs> you know, where do you start? You know, for someone who, who's coming in and they're just saying, I don't even know where to start. It just seems like my life is chaotic. Whatever. I mean, you guys, you guys, youth pastors, uh, I've been in youth ministry, Dave, you've been around it too. I think 
one of the things that we have to realize is we always conform. Even us, ourselves, we conform. So there's even bigger questions. What do leaders do? You know, how do they stay connected? Dave, you said it best. The best leaders are the ones that follow. And, Mike, you were, you've were you been challenged with some questions. We're going to talk more about this when we come back here on the show. But don't forget, you can chat with a live coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Let's take a break here on the show, guys. We'll be back with more on HopeNet Radio. We're connecting parents with their teens in real conversations that save lives. HopeNet Radio on Q90FM. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Welcome back to the show. Jeff and DW, your hosts tonight. Glad that you've joined us on the show. If you miss any part of it tonight, make sure to go back and listen at HopeNet360.com or on iTunes under HopeNet Radio. Just search for it. You'll find it. Links are also at our website, HopeNet360.com, too. So make sure to share this show with your friends. We're talking about maybe a touchy subject for some, maybe something you don't really want to think about, this idea that every single one of us conforms to something. And we're talking about what those somethings really are. You know, when it comes to the people around us, the style of dress, maybe the style of talk. Uh, as we were in the break, I was I was being a little bit more vulnerable. And, and I can remember in third grade, I'm well beyond third grade, so my third grade teacher is probably retired and I don't have to worry about getting a detention at this point in my life. But third grade was really the year that I realized that a lot of the cool guys that were around the playground that uh, were in my class were the guys that were dropping bombs left and right, were cussing all the time. And I was like, that's really cool, man. I could say some new words. So I increased my vocabulary or decreased it. uh, And I started saying words that were probably not very appropriate uh, around your grandma. And so uh, never really got a detention for it. But I found a way to fit in. And how often do we find little ways to just fit in with the people that are around us? And I'm well beyond those years. Uh, Honestly, I've really tidied up my language, not because I've been a pastor or anything. It actually has more to do with your intellectual level. I think uh, for me, when I tell a kid not to swear or cuss, it's not that I don't want him to say those words. I mean, yeah, they're they're bad words, but I just think you don't use as many brain cells to think about what you're actually saying uh, with the words you are. So I'm not condemning you if you cuss. I'm just saying maybe there's more creative ways to express your frustration or how you feel about something, maybe an adjective to describe something uh, that could be used with maybe a better word. I mean, there's tons, tons, tons of words in our English language, and we just use the same few ones to describe different things. It just kind of gets dull and boring after a while. But Yeah, you know, Jeff, it's interesting. I had a friend uh, who I grew up with, and, and now he's a pastor in Phoenix, but he used to just laugh. Guys would be swearing, and he'd be laughing. And I'm, I'm looking at him and going, what is wrong with you? <laughs> and, and he basically said, oh, you know what I learned years ago? These guys are really dumb. And I just take it at literal value. I'm, I'm, I'm listening to them thinking literally what they're saying. And it's so stupid that I laugh. And I yes. think, oh, man, yeah. So now I have that habit, too. And so someone's saying something, and I start giggling like, you oh, know, man. Did you, do you know what you just said? How stupid was that? Yeah. And um, yeah. anyway, I know most of us don't even think about it. But in many cases, it, it is that dumb if you listen to it. We've talked about legalism. One of the legalistic questions you'll get is, should I swear or shouldn't I swear? You know, what do you, what do you think about swearing? What do you think about swear you these things? Swear. And yeah. And the way I always handle it is you can always go into the Bible and find a verse that, you know, says what you think about it. And, yeah, you shouldn't swear. But when it comes to it, I I think it just has to do with your intellectual abilities, you know, finding new words and and stretching your vocabulary in different ways. So, I don't know. Those are just my humble thoughts about cussing. And uh, you heard it right here on HopeNet Radio. And uh, anyway, glad you guys have joined us on the show. One thing that I think really does keep us in this mode of conforming to this world is 
again, that fear of rejection, guys, that we talked about. And, um, Mike, you had some really great questions. I know God's been working on your heart in different ways. And uh, I would love to just hear from you, like, what, what God's been speaking to you about this whole mentoring thing. Yeah, uh, the two questions that I've been thinking a lot about are questions for every Christian. Uh, who is discipling you? And who are you discipling? And uh, it's a question that I've had to ask in my own life. It's a question I've asked other youth pastors. It's a question that I continue to have conversations with Christians because I believe that, you know, to live the Christian life, you need to be sharing it with those around you, and you need to be learning off of those around you as well. Can I put you on the spot, though? When it comes to you, you're a youth pastor. Why would a pastor need to be discipled? I think for a pastor to be able to share with his congregation or his people, he needs to be discipled all the time. And for a senior pastor, it's hard because he is at the top of the church. A uh, youth pastor, maybe he can be discipled by his senior pastor. Uh, but this, the pastor needs to find someone that's going to hold him accountable, who's going to ask him hard questions, who's going to teach him some of the stuff they learn. Maybe they have a question about a passage of Scripture. Maybe they have a question about life and how they handle things. They can ask this individual. They need somebody in their life that is pouring down into them. And sometimes it might not be somebody that's like a very older person. Maybe it's just a peer that comes alongside them and says, hey, how are you doing in ministry? How are you teaching your people? How are you growing your people? And so uh, a senior pastor, a youth pastor, a teenager, anybody in the church, they need to have people discipling them as well as then taking what they learn and discipling other people around them. See, I think this might be mind-blowing to some people to think that a pastor would need someone to disciple or mentor them. Mentor is kind of an equivalent, and we kind of use that yeah, word story interchangeably. Time. But I guess I think maybe it just shocks people that your answer isn't, well, God just does that. Yeah. Don't people normally think that, that like pastors just have like open dialogue conversation with God all the time, that they wouldn't need a, a person to be a mentor? Yeah. I don't know, what do you think, Dave? Yeah, they do. They think that. But, but here's what's funny. The other day, we have one uh, week up here where we call it tracks, where we train counselors, uh, and, and I mean for camp counselors. And so they, they have to come when they're in eighth grade and that kind of thing. And, and we don't really use them for a counselor for many years, but uh, they can come up and volunteer and do things. And so um, one of the teachers was asking the kids, um, you know, so do you think they were going over salvation? They said, do you think anyone's perfect? And this kid raises his hand. He goes, yeah, Dave Wager's perfect. And, and, and I happened to be walking by at the time, and, and I heard this this. Uh, the staff member go, no. And I looked in there and he goes, oh, look who's here. And he comes down and goes, Dave, get in here. And, and so I walk in and he goes, hey, Dave, are you perfect? And I said, oh, no, man. I'm like the biggest sinner that ever walked the planet. And, and I went and, 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 and we talked about it. And this kid is just turning white, you know, because he's thinking. And then he kept defending it later. He goes, well, he's the guy in charge. He, he has to be perfect. And, and he went on and on. And, and no kidding, the guy who's teaching and I are, are just now, we're, we're livid about it. Thinking, how in the world, where would you ever think for even a moment, you know, that somebody in this life does not struggle? Uh, I don't know who you're listening to or what you're thinking, but the truth of the matter is that all of us, all of us, read the Bible, are sinful. And because of God's mercy and his grace, we are what we are. And uh, yeah. boy, it was, it, it, what shocked me was that this was news to that boy, you know, <laughs> just because... Man, you're, you're a speaker, you're on radio, all that stuff, so now you've got it all together. Are you kidding me? In any given minute, I struggle like anybody else can do something real stupid. And um, we have to understand that it's by God's grace alone that we are who we are. But you're right, that's a very dangerous position. And it, it alludes to the other issue we're talking about, though. There are people that will not be mentors because they have issues in their life. 
And, and either they don't want to deal with them, they don't want them known, or they just feel inadequate. And, and really, if it's any of those, you can deal with that. You, you should deal with the issues in your life. And if you don't want to, you, man, here's a good motive to get it up, adjust your life so someone can follow you. So it's very interesting that that thought process is even out there. Yeah. And, you know, kind of going back to the philosophy of this show, you know, you're going to get real conversations. You're going to get real perspectives. How often do you get four guys who would sit around a table and talk about their past mistakes or past struggles or some of their deep longings within, like these questions that roll through your head, like who's mentoring me or discipling me? Guys don't want to let their guard down. So that's really a lot of why we do this show and what we talk about on the show. And we really encourage you guys, as you're listening tonight, think about these questions. You know, who am I discipling? Who's discipling me? And just like Paul writes to Timothy, don't, don't let people look down on you because you're young. And I think that's the biggest, the biggest challenge to young people today is to not let people look down on you because of your age. And I think we allow our expectations to be shaped by what people think about us, our age. Yeah, but finish that verse, Jeff. Because the rest of it, but be an example. Oh, yes. But be an be example. An example. You, you See, finish it. It's the mentoring thing again. Yes. If, you're, if you don't want people to look down on you, then live as you should and be an example. Live in a way where people can see you and imitate you. Yep. And I know, young people, you guys, you have so many different messages that come at you. Mike, we were talking about this before, too. Thousands of messages every single day come into our, I guess, into our feelers, as it were, into uh, in how we download information into ourselves, whether it's visually, it's audibly, it's kinetically. Uh, there's different ways, different messages that come in. And we have a responsibility to filter those. We filter so many messages before we even realize we filtered them. Um, but we also have a, a decision to make when it comes to how we allow those things to take root in our life. And we've been talking between the breaks and stuff. And Jordan, you and I share the same thing, garbage in, garbage out kind of philosophy, where it's like if you're constantly putting garbage in, how can you expect anything good to come out of it? Yeah, no, I agree. We absorb so many messages and we just let that spit right out of our mouths. Jesus says that... Uh, out of the overflow of a man's heart, he speaks. Mm-hmm. It's not what goes into your body physically that makes it unclean, but what's in your heart that affects, you know, who you are as a person. And so I see it all the time with junior hires and high schoolers that are repeating lyrics. They don't even know what they're saying, but the lyrics communicate to them and to everybody else and what they really believe or what's really changing the, their hearts through repetition. So true. All right, we're going to take a break here on the show. Remember to connect with us at hope at hopenet360.com. We'll be back with the second half of HopeNet Radio coming up. Feel like nobody cares? We do. HopeNet360.com has an online crisis chat line powered by Groundwire. A live coach is available to talk right now at HopeNet360.com. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Welcome to the second half of HopeNet Radio. Jeff and DW, your hosts tonight. Glad that you've joined us here on the show. Remember, if you missed the first half or any part of the show, you can podcast it later at HopeNet360.com and on iTunes. Special guests tonight, we have Michael Ott from Graceway Fellowship, youth pastor there, and Jordan Wind, another youth pastor, Heartland Church in Green Bay. And their links are at our website, HopeNet360.com. Guys, we've been chatting here between the breaks, some really good conversation. I think the biggest thing is that we have a lot of tensions going on when it comes to conformity. And it's not just about, you know, our clothing and our hairstyles, the way we talk, but there's so many different things that we do in our life that exemplify 
conformity you know, to something. You guys both had some really good questions in the break there. Open those up because I think as we're talking, people are thinking the same thing as we're talking about this whole idea of conformity as it pertains to how we live then. The question I had is, uh, we were talking about this, uh, Romans 12 too, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And my question was, you know, if you're gonna not supposed to be conformed to the world, then you should be conformed to something else. And as a Christian, I always, you know, thought as growing up as a teenager, if I'm not to be conformed to the world, then I need to be conformed to Christ. And with the word conform, you think of it's the act of matching like attitudes, beliefs, and behaviors, and we should be modifying a behavior of Christ. And so in a way, the aspect of being conformed to the pattern to actually being conformed to Christ, and then could you go so far past where you're so focused on Christ, the Bible, that you don't include others around you, your lost friends, those people that need to hear about Jesus, that you become just like the shut-down little Christian— so to speak, yeah. that you shut the whole world off because you're too conformed. And so that was kind of my question. Can you become yeah. too conformed? You, you know, that's an interesting question. And and I think the idea of, of calling it too conformed is probably the problem of not understanding what's being said in the passage. I understand what you're saying because I felt that way too as a young person. Like mm-hmm. like conforming meant I need to be, you know, if the world's wearing blue, I got to wear green, you know, that kind of thing. I'm not going to conform to whatever they do. It has to do with a different way of thinking. For example, when Jesus came to this world, he actually understood everything. He understood why people were made. He understood sin. He understood evil. And, and if you watch how he lived, what he did was, I mean, even the time when he called Matthew, who was a tax collector and hated by all the Jews and tolerated by the Romans at best, and he called him to be a disciple. And then he goes to a party with him, and they're all tax collectors and sinners there with him. None of the religious people. And boy, Jesus got a bad rap from the beginning. I mean, you, you, you invited this Matthew guy who we all hate and who wouldn't even go into the synagogue, by the way. And, and then Matthew writes this, um, this genealogy that's got like women in it, which was unheard of. It was almost as if Jesus picked a guy that, that he knew would cause others to really think about what they're doing. Now, now, what's interesting is that Jesus did not conform to the religiosity of his day. That wasn't what he conformed to. In, in John chapter 1, it tells us that in the beginning with the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The, the word word there is logos or concept, the idea of God. And later in the chapter, it says, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us so we could behold the glory of God. In other words, Jesus said, like we were talking about mentors earlier, take a look at me. I, I am God. I will show you how to live. And, and he was among mm-hmm. sinners. But here's yep. the difference. Here's, because he knew what he knew. He did not give in to living a sinful lifestyle, even though he was among sinners. He actually drew his strength from God, not from them. And he saw himself as one that was on display for them. When Jesus summarized Christianity, he said two things. Love the Lord your God with thy heart, soul, mind, and love your neighbors yourself. And then it's defined. Love God means obey him. Loving your neighbor means when I look into the eyes of the woman at the well. What I think is, what do I need to do to help her be the best person she could be? And, and he didn't back away from that. The disciples backed away from that, and others backed away from that, but he didn't. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and really, yeah. uh, the problem really is, is when people start thinking that, you know, I have to identify with the world by being just like them and have no distinction and no line. No. Or, or I need to um, really um, be not conformed to the world. So I'm going to go live in the woods and end up being somebody who is totally a hermit. 
uh, in that sense, and I'm not going to have any of the world even touch me. No, that's not how that works either. So not being conformed to the world means not being conformed to satanic thinking because he's the prince of the power of this air. And, and, mm-hmm. and, and the only way to understand that is to be transformed by, the, by, by our minds where we actually get to the point where we think it through and look at the examples God gives us and say, okay, here's how I need to live. I need to live in a way that emulates who Jesus is because really we're Christ followers, not doctrine followers or denomination followers or something like that. I think of two movements that have existed in Christian culture, as it were, and yeah, we're guilty of creating our own styles. We have our own style of music. I mean, there's Christian music out there. We have kind of created this whole subculture that it's become, in a way, kind of not only fashion trends, but uh, just ways to identify as a Christian that are on the outside. So a lot of what we see happening with young Christians or young people that are new to the faith is that they want to just adapt, they want to assimilate as much as they can into this culture um, on the outside. So people perceive them to be a Christian. And I I think that's kind of a false way of looking at what it truly means to be saved, what it truly means to be a, a Christ follower. See, it's great if you go to church on Sundays, but the bigger question isn't necessarily what clothes am I going to wear or how am I going to do my hair or if I'm going to look my Sunday best when it comes to living in the real world. But it really doesn't matter to God what's on the outside. It really matters what's on the inside, what's going on, and the change that's happening inside. And I think distinguishing these two words, the whole conforming, I still think that's that's more of our behaviors. It's more of the external things that we can control on the outside. But the hard thing for any of us to change, the hardest, the hardest person for any one of us to change, you know, our mom or our dad or our brother or our sister, the hardest person is actually you, you know, changing your own self and adapting to God's standard and not to just your own way of doing things in life. Yeah, Jeff, put it in context too. The, the, the whole passage says this, I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your body as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, testing uh, you may, uh, that by testing, you may discern the will of God. What's interesting is, is before he gets to that, he says, present your bodies a living sacrifice. And, and we've talked about this before. Either your mind is going to control your body, and that's how God works. He works through the mind to control the body. Or your body is going to control your mind. And that's how Satan works. He works, you know, I got this urge like Esau, needing a bowl of porridge. So, so either I am going to be having my urges and desires and my, my physicalness control me. And that's what those who don't have Christ do. And they're slaves to that. Or I'm going to have God control me. And those are the ones who have thought it through and understand things and actually subject themselves to God. And, and again, I think you, you need to put the whole passage in context in order to really grab it. But, you know, that's, that's the biggest thing for all of us. We all tend to, again, adapt to the environment around us. And, and how we do things and how we talk. And, and even in our form of worship, there's, there are two different movements, as, as I was saying, uh, that have come through Christianity and still exist today. There's, like, there's a movement of ascetics. And these are people who are all about like mystical, spiritual, and it's almost like new agey kind of a thing where it's like you just continue to live in this life of just more of ethereal worship and just continue to just, you know, you're, just think of yourself as being in this perpetual worship service kind of a mode. And that's how you live. It's just, it's all about, tuning out the exterior and only focusing on God. And while that's good, I mean, our focus should always be on God. But again, Jesus didn't live in a perpetual state of just worship and just adoration and, you know, 
us, us to him personal worship time. He lived in the midst of tax collectors and people who needed to know the good news. So ascetic living really isn't the optimal way of living in the gospel. The other one is this holiness movement where it's all about my own holiness and how I've adapted my life to living in such a way where I do not sin. Like I don't, I don't sin. I have a problem with sin. And the Bible's really clear of someone who just says they don't sin. Uh, they're a liar and a deceiver. Yeah. They're deceived themselves. We can make choices in our life to live in a way that honors and glorifies God, but we can't look to ourselves to be the person who has that standard of, am I perfect enough? Am I doing everything right? Am I not sinning? You know, and we're so worried about this whole legalism thing in our in our life. And I think the whole faith, the whole Christian faith is bigger than just a bunch of rules. It's just a bunch of, you know, belief system kind of a thing. It's, Dave, just like what you say, it's more of a truth system in how we approach life. Yeah, you know, the next segment, Jeff, let's just talk about this legalism thing a second, because I, I have some insight that I think will really be helpful. All right, sounds good. Let's take a break, guys, here on the show. If you need to chat with a live coach tonight, there's a live coach waiting to talk to you at HopeNet360.com. We'll be back here with more here on HopeNet Radio. If you're going through something tonight, a live coach is waiting to talk to you at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at HopeNet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show, HopeNet Radio, the show where conversations save lives. We've been talking about conformity, and it's uncomfortable to talk about. And if you've tuned in, you hopefully have been getting some good stuff from us tonight. Jeff and DW, your host, and Michael and Jordan are with us tonight, our special guests, guys that uh, maybe we look to as being our standard of perfection, you know, guys that should have it all together. And we've been talking about mentoring. We've been talking about how it applies to our lives. And see, every single one of us is leading in some way. And dare I say that every one of us is a mentor already? Yeah, yeah. I totally agree. You always have somebody younger than you, younger in the faith. There's always someone that you can come alongside of and share what you're learning. But, like, you don't even you don't even have to think of yourself as a mentor. Like, people are always watching you. Hmm. And hmm. that's kind of how I live my life, too, is realizing that at any one time, someone could be watching my actions or words that I say or ways that I dress even. Again, it's the whole conformity. People are looking... For leaders, they're, they're naturally wanting to follow somebody else who maybe they find is successful. You know, when you look in, if you want to own your own business or uh, you want to be somebody who's successful in their business, you're going to follow somebody who is already successful. You're going to look for maybe their books or you're going to look for their blog on, on the Internet or something. And you're going to try to follow things that they've done to become successful. I got a story for that, actually. My last semester, I think, of college or whatever, I had a guy um, – who didn't know Jesus, and he and I had dialogues before about faith and different views and different religions. And so, you know, we had a good conversation. Probably the semester was about to wrap up, and I was exhausted. You know how colleges you get exhausted towards the last bit for spring. And I was at my worst. I felt like at least this guy, I just wanted a nice lunch by myself. This guy kind of skirts in to the lunch table with me when I'm alone, and so he's like wanting to eat with me, just kind of like making nice small talk. And then he leans forward and he goes, so I've been watching you. I'm like, oh, gosh. Oh, no. You know, it's the end of the semester. What has he seen? You know, I'm in public, like, doing my studies and reading and trying to get make by. He's like, you're the real deal. I'm like, no, no, dude, I've made a lot of mistakes. And he's like, yeah, I know. I've seen you make those mistakes. I've watched you. But you actually, like, try in your life to make amends with people. And I've, I've been observing this. Like, I had no idea, you know, and I'm just in my own little world. So it was really humbling the fact that this guy, like, an atheist, kind of seeking, just admitted that he's been watching Christians and he's been sitting on the sidelines seeing how they act and 
how they respond to the failures because we sometimes think we don't or we try to pretend like we're hiding it and no one can see it. Mm-hmm. But they see it, and so it's just interesting to see how they learn from it, yeah. one way or positive or negative. Yeah, you know, I'll never forget when Mother Teresa was with Bill Clinton and, and Hillary when Bill was president, and they were doing a speech, and it was on television, and, and uh, Mother Teresa was speaking, and she was just blasting abortion. And anybody who would accept abortion, and the camera kept going to Bill and his uneasiness of that. I mean, nobody would really want to get on Mother Teresa, but it it was very interesting to watch. And then the next speaker was Bill Clinton. And so Mother Teresa sat down, and she had just blasted him up and down. And she sat down, and he got up, and he just said, what what can you say about a life so well lived? And he went right on to his other topic. Hmm. You know, it's very interesting that he just said, you know, her life speaks for itself. I I guess I can't argue with her. Mm -hmm. He was right. I mean, what are you going to say about her? Uh, She was out there defending all those little babies and defending lepers and taking care of people. So he didn't have anything to say to her. And I thought, you know, that was one of the moments in history. I should find that on YouTube because I think, man, that's one of those moments in history where it shows the importance of living the the right life. Because on a, you know, universal stage, in in a sense, she just shut the, the most powerful man in the free world up. Um, because of her life, not because of her words. Mm-hmm. That's huge. So what do you guys think? What do you say to someone who will come to you and say, I seriously do not have anybody around me who is worth following? I, Whether it's parents, whether it's family members, you know, they're just surrounded in an environment, uh, in a community that is just so, it's so awful. You know, first and foremost, I would sit down and find out if they were telling me the truth because a lot of times you know, our own perspective sometimes is a little clouded because our faces are too close to the elephant. So the elephant just looks like big and gray and ugly. And it may be that from the outside, I can say, well, you know what? Here's some changes or, or here's what I see a little different than you. Or maybe I can talk to them about what church they're attending or, or, or those kinds of things. And if they're coming and talking to me about that personally, and I, I mean face to face, it could be that I'm in a position where I can help them or somebody else that I know might be able to help them. But, but I do think it's, it, you know, it starts with a conversation, as we've talked about. And and uh, talking to somebody who's older than you that actually loves God and, and tell them what you're really thinking. And every young person does want a mentor, by the way. We, we all want it. We just don't want to admit it at times. And every older person would love to uh, show how to live, but they just don't feel adequate many times to do it. So mm-hmm. I think that conversation needs to just start and then start looking for answers. Mm. Yeah, and those two questions I said, you know, who are you discipling and who's discipling you? A lot of the, the the feedback that I've gotten is the person that wants to be mentored is scared to go ask somebody. Mm -hmm. And then the person that should be mentoring somebody is scared to go ask the person because for whatever reason, and I believe in God's power. And a lot of times he's talking to both individuals Mm -hmm. and they both want to talk to each other. Mm -hmm. It's just about having that conversation together. One of them has to step up. Sometimes it's the younger person will go to the older person because the older person will never, you know, and that's been my case. I've had to seek out, Uh, people throughout my ministry, throughout college, where I didn't have people seek me out, but I wanted to learn, I wanted to grow, and so I had to seek out different people to put in my life to uh, invest in me. And sometimes you have to just get out there and ask that question, can you help me? Mm -hmm. I think if I'm not able to be their youth pastor or someone uh, who can mentor them personally, whether it's by distance, you know, whether it was at a, a summer camp or it was at an event that was outside of my community or they didn't have, you know, the transportation to get there. Um, I think it's it's just an easy first step to connect them with the Bible, you know, because I think, again, if you're asking for God to speak to you, 
That's really the best way you're going to get it. He's already spoken. Yep. So if you're connected there, that's step number one. Step number two really is what we're talking about here in, in mentoring. When it's all about being transformed by the renewing of your mind, renewing of your mind, it does come through relationships with people. But I think, again, because humans are flawed, because we all have selfish desires and motives and, and we are not perfect, you can't look to somebody else. Even the person who's mentoring you is going to fail you at some point. That was one thing that I would always I would always say to, to my students when they came and they, they had a problem with somebody else, maybe mom or dad or someone at home. And, and I'll, just, I'll reassure them, too, I'm going to fail you at some point. Just like parents are going to fail their kids. It's just going to happen. It's it's inevitable, not because we try to, but because maybe we try too hard not to disappoint them or we just continue to rely on our own strength. But we're human. That's just who we are. And so I think tonight it's so important to remember that this whole conformity thing, again, you can be a perfectionist like me and think you've got to get it all together. And so this is how you're going to do it. You're not going to conform. You're going to be transformed. You're going to live perfectly and you're going to get it together. And then someday you're going to mentor somebody else. And I think the most humbling thing is to realize you're never going to have it totally all together. But if you're setting yourself up for success, if you're making choices that are not just based on how you feel and the temporary things, that's part of the reason we conform is because we see the temporary things and we get attracted to those things. And we think if we have the right clothes or the right car or the right friends, we're going to have whatever, stick whatever your ultimate goal is in that place. And that just ultimately doesn't always pan out the way you think. And Fear of failure for a lot of people is a big obstacle that keep them from wanting to invest in others. They're afraid of leading them astray. It's a big uh, fear for even them sharing their faith. I think embracing the fact that we make mistakes is a great thing. The world that we try tries to pretend like we don't make mistakes, that leaders have to be perfect. And if they're moment, they're not, they're kicked out of office or they're um, just, you know, kicked out. And so I think that uh, for us as Christians, especially those investing in others, you know, you look, the Bible's full of examples like of men of God who chose to repent well and mm-hmm. admit. Because we all make mistakes. It's how we repent that can lead people even closer to Jesus. Um, I think that's something we need to really realize when we're looking at if we're going to mentor someone or not, that God doesn't expect us to have it all together. It's moving forward and embracing the mistakes, embracing the repentance process. I think also where we get worried about we don't have the answers. Mm-hmm. What if somebody asked me a yeah. hard question? And uh, I always tell my teenagers, don't be afraid. That's a great question because you can admit that you don't know what the answer is, but you can also tell a person that's an awesome question. And I tell you what, I don't know the answer, but I can go talk to somebody that might know the answer, and then I'll get back to you later. And it shows that individual that you don't know everything. Then it also shows that you care about the person to think about the question, to go find the answer. And then you learn in the whole process because you end up going to find the answer, and you learn, and then you can take it back and invest in that individual. All right, remember you can chat with the live coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. We're going to wrap up the show when we come back here on HopeNet Radio. Love HopeNet Radio? Stay in contact all week long at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show. We're wrapping things up here, but not too quickly. Talking about conformity here, Jeff and DW, your hosts tonight, Mike Lott. And Jordan Wind with us tonight, guys. Thank you so much again for being a part of the show tonight. Glad to be here. So as we're talking, guys, Dave, unpack Romans 12 a little bit for us. We've been talking about the whole don't conform to the pattern of this world, be transformed. What do these things all mean? How do you see this all fitting together? 
you know, I, I do encourage our listeners to go to Romans 12 and read it, you know, several days in a row and just think about it. So uh, that's first, because really it, it's God's word that really helps us understand who God is. You don't read the Bible in order to understand what the Bible says. You read the Bible in order to understand who God is. And in that, you do need to understand what the Bible says. But don't just understand the words for what they are, but understand it in the context of relationships. Remember, we talked earlier about legalism a little bit and just following things. Rules apart from a relationship is really legalism. You know, I'm married, so I act a certain way. I actually act married. That's not legalism. I'm acting how I am. Mm -hmm. And I love God, and I walk with God, so I act like I love God. And that's not legalism. That's setting my life up so I can actually live the way I am. Uh, and in Romans 12, you know, the older mentor says, Paul says, I'm begging you by the mercy of God, present your bodies. Don't let your bodies control you. Uh, and this actually is the best spiritual worship you can do that when your bodies don't control you, but God does. That's what I'm looking for. And then he re, re says it. He says, don't be conformed to this world. That, that isn't where he says, uh, you know, wear blue if they wear yellow or whatever. <laughs> it, it's don't be conformed to the way those who don't know God think. I mean, they think a certain way. Don't don't be that way. But be transformed by the renewal of your mind. In other words, look at things, think about them, and keep thinking about them. And, and just like in a relationship, when I got married, I didn't just say to my wife, I love you once. You know, and then the rest of the time, you know, she's by me and I said, I don't need to say that again. You know, I said it once, nothing's changed. No, there needs to be a renewal of these things often. The important things in life, because things get in our life that tend to tear us away from what's important. So, so what we need to do is be in God's word. We need to be with our mentors. We mean, need to be mentoring others. We need to be thinking and discussing. Why? Because it's our mind that will control our bodies. Mm-hmm. And in review, it's when our bodies control our mind, that's satanic. When it, our minds are controlling our bodies as we think of God and respond to him, that's of God. And then it says you can test things so that you can know the will of God. You know what? I've tested marriage. It works. You know, I've been faithful to my wife. I've been married 34 years. I have tested what God has said, and it works, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, because God said it would. And then it, it, just the, the real wrap-up, as you get in that relationship where you're, you're mentoring and being mentored and all that, it says, look, for by the grace given to me, I said to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. If God uses you, be thankful. And, and live in a way where people can see, uh, the, the young guys I mentor, I often tell them, go out and love God, and then I'll pause, and they'll look at me and I go, in public. Go love God in public. You know, why? So people can see you do it. But then if you're out there going, yeah, you know, I'm bad. I'm walking out here at God in public so everyone can see me and be like me. No, you just blew it. <laughs> the, the goal is not to see me. Yeah. The goal is to see God. That's how he's made. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I shouldn't think too highly of myself, but actually I should think in sober judgment or seriousness according to the measure of faith God's given me. In other words, according to what I really know and as far as truth goes and how I apply that. So I just encourage our listeners, read this passage over and over again and realize it's a passage that frees you up. It doesn't make you wear blue when everyone else is wearing yellow, and, and, and it doesn't you know, talk about um, uh, osmosis being the, the answer for you knowing God. It, it's actually very practical and very simple. And if I had a goal for our listeners, it would be that they would actually love God. And in order to love him, you need to spend time with him. And you would understand that God loves you desperately and wants to be with you, wants to correct the separation sin has caused. He has provided Jesus as the acceptable way to the Father, the only acceptable way. And if you're confused about that at all, please go to HopeNet360.com, talk to a life coach, and tell him, I, I don't know what this means to actually be one who is acceptable in God's family. And let them talk you through that as it's important 
Uh, otherwise, you're, you're not going to understand the things we're talking about anyway. Guys, what are your final thoughts as we wrap it up tonight? Think about those two questions. Find someone uh, that can disciple you, uh, that can feed you uh, some stuff that they are learning, some stories, uh, things that they've learned about their Christian walk, and then also uh, be able to pass that on to other people by discipling someone. And uh, we're talking a little bit on the break about the aspect that continue to read the Bible. Uh, that will be your greatest uh, strength of growth. Also, you know, Christian books to podcasts, they're great and everything. But find an individual who will ask you hard questions. They'll ask you how you're doing in your walk. Do you have any questions about what you're reading in the Bible? And they'll ask you good questions. Find someone and then also find someone that you could do that for too as well. And would you say the same thing for people who are maybe youth pastors or even lead pastors? Yeah, uh, currently for me, uh, as a youth pastor, I have someone that right now is mentoring down into me, but I'm trying to find someone in Green Bay that I can meet on a regular basis that's outside uh, my church that I can go to and ask some you know, ministry questions. Uh, I have this teenager. I don't know what to do. Can you help me? I'm looking for someone local right now. So even myself, I continually go out and find people. And then I'm also discipling uh, those around me, my teenagers and other people around Green Bay. And then if I do have a teenager come to me and they're looking for someone to disciple, if I can't disciple them, I'll go find someone to disciple them. I'll try to find someone that'll be perfect for them as much as I can tell uh, that, you know, perfect. But I'll try to get somebody connected with them that they're not just left stranded. And so if you do, uh, just go to, a, you know, youth your youth pastor at your church. If you don't go to a church, find a church. Uh, you can always, you know, connect with HopeNet360, say, I'm having problems. What should I do? Ask questions. Uh, questions don't hurt anyone. For sure. And also say on an individual basis, too, in terms of conformity and being transformed, challenge you to really think through what image, what messages you're taking in, what messages you're pursuing you know, the songs that are repeating in your head, the shows you watch, what messages are they sell, uh, selling you, and uh, how is that affecting your thoughts? And then, of course, then take that and go to the Bible and see what God says about you, your identity, the messages that he is wanting you to receive, and how to change your thoughts to be transformed to what he would have to say rather than what media or the world around you has to say. Yeah, and it's so important to point out, too, because we have this fear of rejection. Well, is God going to reject me sometime? Like, what if I mess up so bad? Would God ever just leave me? And I think the greatest news, Jesus said it best. He said, I'm never going to leave you or forsake you. And so that's why we really we really do challenge you and encourage you to get into the God's word because he wants to speak to you, mm. and he's already spoken. He's already given us everything. See, every single leader, every single person you have in your life, whether it's your mom, your dad, your grandma, your grandpa, your aunt, your uncle, your neighbor next door who you're good friends with, every single person in your life is going to fail you except God. God's never going to fail you. He's not going to make your life perfect. He's not going to make it easy necessarily because he allows things to happen. He, he challenges us. He strengthens us. He's, he's trying to build character in us. And he cares so much about the inside. And man can't see what's going on on the inside. And just like we can't tell what's going on inside you tonight, if you do have something going on inside and you're just not sure who to talk to about it, we do encourage you that you, you can talk to somebody about what's going on inside at HopeNet360.com. The live coaches are there to chat with. And, and even tonight, if you have questions about God, if you've got questions about faith and what it means to be in God's family, talk to a live coach at HopeNet360.com. Click on the Talk to a Live Coach button, and they'll be glad to talk to you more about who God is and his plan for your life. 
and what it means then to live for him. And uh, so for all of us here on the show tonight, thanks so much for listening. Make sure to go back to HopeNet360.com and share this show with your friends. Let them know you listen and join our Facebook and Twitter community at HopeNet360. We would love for you to be a part of that. We are also on iTunes, so you can find us there. Leave us a review if you would and let us know that if you love the show, we'd love for you to give us a five-star review. That'd be awesome. So for all of us here on the show, thanks for joining us. We'll see you guys online and next week. Bye. Bye.